The Gospel reading is from Mark 7, 6 through 13. Let us listen to the word of God. He said to them, Isaiah prophesies rightly about uh, you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts instead of doctrine. You abandon the commandments of God and hold to human tradition. Then he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandments of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever speaks evil of your parents must surely die. But you say that if anyone tells your parents, whatever support you might have had from me is korban, that is, an offering to God. Then you must no longer permit doing anything for a parent, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many things like this. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. How countless are your works, Lord. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your riches. How countless are your works. Our God, the great creator. How marvelous you are, our God, the great creator. How marvelous you are, how marvelous, how marvelous you are, how marvelous, how marvelous you are. Our God, the how marvelous you are, how marvelous you are, how marvelous, how marvelous you are, how countless are your works, Lord, in wisdom you have made them all, the earth is full of your riches. How countless are your works, our God, the great creator. How marvelous you are, our God, the great creator. How marvelous you are, how marvelous, how marvelous you are, how marvelous, how marvelous you are. Lisa, that was a job very well done. Thank you. 
The gospel reading today is from Luke 15, 25 through 32. Let us listen to the word of God. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves over and asked, what's going on? He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then the older brother became angry and he refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been like a slave for you. And I've never disobeyed your command, yet you have never even given me a young goat that I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back who has devoured your property with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and he came to life. He was lost and then he was found. This is the word of the Lord. You have two brothers. You have one that went up to the father and said, I want my inheritance now. Basically, what he was telling his father, I just want you to die because in the Jewish way, you don't get your inheritance until that father would pass. But the father gave the younger son his inheritance. He went to another country and used his inheritance for things that he shouldn't have. On top of that, a famine hit, so the younger son had to endure that. There's two things. He created his own problems of spending all the money, and then there was the famine. And so he's sitting there with the pigs, and he said, you know, I could go back home, and my father, if he would even treat me as one of our slaves, would be better than what I'm enduring now so he goes back to his father and the father gives him a celebration brings out the fatted calf gives him a robe and a ring and shoes he seems to be set so today we're going to focus on the part that is the eldest son and i'm going to do this in first person just to do something different. Across all the years of sermons which you've heard about the prodigal son, how many has focused on the older brother? How many sermons have you heard on the older brother? I would guess a few, if any, they are either about the younger brother, his coming to himself, his returning home, his desire to repent, or they are about the father, how he exemplifies love at its best, at its very finest. He shows God's love for us. Preachers love the younger brother. They love to hold up his self-imposed exiles, his returning home, and then for some reason leave the impression that the older brother is not right because he does not desire to share in the celebration so I'd like to take a few minutes and talk about the older brother. A few years ago, a bunch of us in a men's group 
at our home church in Texas did a study on the parable, on this parable, and we were fascinated by the author's take on the older son. And many people in this world and in this congregation are themselves older brothers or older sisters. And you might appreciate this perspective that much more. I also would like to tell this, as I said earlier, the tale in first person from the older son's perspective so that it might relate better to your understanding. So here we go. I cannot deny that this was one of the ugliest times in my life. I had just come in from working the fields all day. I was sweaty and I'm tired. The plow had broken in the middle of the field and I couldn't find a shade tree to fix it. I was drained, to say the least. Walking down the last quarter mile to the house is when I first became aware of the music and then the sound of laughter. As I got closer, the smells of the cooking came over me. I stopped the first servant and asked, what's going on? Since Dad hadn't told me anything about what was going on or that there was a party. It was then that I first heard that all of this was being done for my brother. So I can't deny my jealousy and my hurt, which rose up in me. Now, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to make any defense for my behavior. I am sure that if I could even guarantee that I would, I can't be sure that I would, could guarantee that I'd behave any differently today. But I do want you to hear that I certainly do regret my behavior, and I always will. Yet, even so, what I would like to do this morning is to relay to you what it's like being an older brother. Maybe then you will understand me a little better, and I need your understanding. Those of you who are elders already know we older brothers and sisters are the responsible ones. I was responsible for a huge farm. We had a lot of servants and workers. Of course, being a worker and being an owner are two different things. Servants take orders and do the tasks assigned. Owners are the ones who take responsibility. If we mess up, the servants and their families don't eat. We are the ones who decide when the fields are ready to plow. We are the ones who pick the seed. We are the ones who decide how many sheep the fields can support. We are the ones who must plan for the unproductive years when crops fail and sheep die. It is my responsibility to see that there's enough food and money set aside to support the farm and all of its laborers. Do you think that I had no thoughts of leaving? Do you really believe that there weren't some days or even months that I wanted to give up and just walk away? You think that I was born with such a stick-in-the-mud attitude and did not have a desire for wine and women and song? Let me tell you something. I was born an older brother, the first son of aging parents. And they looked to me to share the responsibilities of this farm. 
From the very first day I had life, I was raised to be accountable. I was told that not only my parents, but the servants and even future generations were dependent on what I did. I have taken on this role, and I think I've done it well, but there is also a degree of anger that such an expectation should be placed on me at birth. Why? I also believe that we older brothers and sisters are harder to love. We're just not as easy as that prodigal son. His offenses are so clear. He wasted money that had come from generations of work. He gallivanted around with harlots when he did not go out of the fields. He looked for ways to not work. And when he was in the fields, he didn't really work. So why in the world would somebody love somebody like that? Maybe it's because he's so vulnerable. He was obviously in trouble. Badly defeated that he offered up no threat to anyone. Maybe it is just as simple as the fact that it's easier to love people who are no threat to us. The fools, the ones who write S-I-N in large letters as they walk through life. Across the centuries, I've been pictured by many as being self-righteous, the hardest of all to love. But look into your own heart. You elder brothers and sisters, those of you like me, are responsible. You know that we are sinners. You and I both know that we do not always behave like we should. I work in the fields all day with the servants, and as the sun grows hotter and hotter, some days my temper grows hotter and hotter. There are times when I find myself beating the ground so hard that my hoe handle breaks. Just the other day, a goat kicked over a pail of milk, and I turned around and kicked the goat. You chuckle inside, I know, but it's the nature of us elder brothers and sisters to carry our anger on the inside rather than let it out. Think about it, though. You really believe that I should go home to my father and say something like, Father, I have sinned and I kicked the goat. Come on. Let's be real. We elder brothers and sisters are responsible. And our sins are not so obvious. Nor are they easily shared. So we we are harder to love. Now, in all fairness... I must also acknowledge that being responsible has its rewards. I really do understand what my father meant when he said, Son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours also. I get it. My satisfaction, the true reward for being responsible, is to look out across the field of sprouting green or at fall when the harvest is being taken in. My reward is that of a job well done, a household running smooth, people being fed, provisions laid up for winters, even in the slim years. I do well, and I'm proud of that. You know, we elder brothers and sisters are the 90 and 9. 
We take care of ourselves. We are the ones whom the shepherd can leave and without worrying about while he goes off to look for that little lost sheep. I know where my rewards are found just like you do. They come every day in the little things that we do, the ordinary mundane keeping of our lives. It is tough to watch as my younger brother came home empty-handed, having blown everything that he took with him, didn't even have anything to bring home with him, nothing. Then he gets the robe, the ring, and the shoes. He gets music, dancing, and a fatted calf. What my mind understand does not always lead my emotions. Well, that's my side of the story. With all the preachers bashing me for generations, I appreciate your willingness to at least hear me out. How can we be saved, we elder brothers and sisters? How can we go home again when we never left? When are we already home? How can we confess the squandering of resources and neglect when in fact we spent our whole life building? We didn't blow any money. How can we be loved when we show so little need of being loved? I wish to God I knew those answers. It has probably not escaped your attention that self-importance is one of the more obvious manifestations of this elder brother. I am noted for saying you'll never give me a kid that I can make merry with my friends. Well, the truth of it is I never asked my dad for one. I never asked. There was always so much to get done, you know, had to work all the time. Too many problems to solve and questions to address. Problems and parties just don't go together. To be more honest still, I do have many friends. Oh, I don't really have that many friends. I'm respected where I go. When I go to the bank, the teller knows my name. I never had a check bounce. I carry an American Express. And there's always been a table waiting for me at the local club but there's a big difference between being respected and having friends. So I guess another question becomes, is there another model for us elder brothers and sisters to follow? To some degree, salvation must be experienced by us in the same way that it is for our prodigal brothers and sisters. Our sins may not be as flamboyant, but they are damaging nonetheless. In fact, our hidden anger may be more damaging than the flagrant behavior of the prodigal son. The hidden anger, which comes as we pursue our more ordered lives, but God knows our hidden sins. So here we stand, us elder children, solid citizens, firmly planted before the cross, Erect, we gaze upon this ultimate gift which has been given to us. But what is unseen by others is that our hearts are bowed. We know the embrace of his eyes, even though we can never reach out and embrace him in body. We never were much good at hugs anyway. There may be no turning spit with a fatted calf, 
and no music for dancing, but we are also not very good dancers. But what we elders do is go down from the hill of Golgotha knowing that he died for us. We go down to our green valleys and fields sprouting a strong, strong harvest to come knowing that all God has is ours. Knowing that we are his. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.